Okay, I'm all set. I'm just going to ask you some basic questions, Chidi. Uh, what is one plus one? Two. What colour is the sky? Blue. What colour are Simone's eyes? Brown. Uh, uh, what? If you could take Simone anywhere on a date, where would you take her? Sorry, is this part of the experiment? It is now. Yes, please answer the question. And keep in mind we can see your brain. Next question. You are into Simone. That's not a question. So you agree. It's a fact. Next question's for Simone. Simone, are you annoyed at Chidi for waiting so long to ask you out? Yes, I am. Chidi, same question for you. Are you annoyed at yourself for waiting so long to ask out Simone? I mean, I'm annoyed with you, and I've only known you three weeks. Yes, I am obviously very annoyed with myself. Can I get out now? No, you can't. It'll ruin the science. There's only one question left, and you gotta ask it, bud. Simone, would you like to have dinner with me? Wow, that is highly inappropriate. Uh... I'm just kidding. Yes, I would. Thank you for asking. So, Zach, now that you have finally... You took some time. You were a late bloomer. But now that you've completed the Barbenheimer oh, yeah. uh, journey, um, do you think we should have dropped the second bomb on Japan? <laughs> What are your opinions on that? Definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, of course not. Of course not. I think that was really bad of Barbie to do that. The first just one, because yeah. Because she was but... angry at Ken to drop two bombs on Nagasaki. Just <laughs> and wrong. Yeah. That's a way to start the show, I guess. I said to the folks playing along at home, I don't mm. have anything to say. Steven, do you have something to start the show with? And it was about <laughs> bombing Japan. You're getting us content flagged within the first 45 <laughs> seconds of the show. Welcome, everyone. I couldn't imagine it any other way. Mm -hmm. It's been a long week apart. I'm glad to be here with my friend. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and I'm a real frog guy. I am. I'm a froggy guy. I'm Steven, and... Ribbit. Oh wow! Ribbit. Ribbit. That gets me feeling oh, some fuck. stuff. I literally as have a frog an anime frog figure that's a frog. frog guy. Let's see it. Can you? Little is frog he within it's reach. A frog girl. I hope you're all doing well, audience. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. The kickoff of season three. It's a big moment from the podcast. We're not feeling froggy. That's a frog. It's a frog. frog oh, I girl. see it now. I see the top of it. Her name is Asui. Her superpower is frog. She can do pretty much anything a frog. <laughs> Her job can do. is frog. Her job is frog. Kind of makes me think of It's Always Sunny. Frank's like imaginary friend Froggy. Froggy! Oh, Froggy! <laughs> you unzipped me. <laughs> oh! I just watched a compilation of one Frank line from every episode of It's Always Sunny, and it, everyone great. is funny, and it just gets more removed from reality frank is so funny and mm -hmm. i just saw haunted mansion and seeing danny <laughs> devito as something else even though he's the iconic danny devito and he's always a delight to see it's i i can't remove him from frank yeah i can't see him without thinking that he's like seconds away from talking about whores and oh I'll stop the sunny talk in a second, but did you see the blooper reel for the new season? Not yet. Dropped? I saw that it's out, but I need to watch it. It's not one of the best, but what is funny is there's this part where Charlie and Danny are trying to get through a scene where Danny is eating a piece of cake. And mm -hmm. he's, like, talking while his mouth is full of cake. <laughs> and it's not even the scene that's funny. It's that that's funny. And every yeah. time he does it, it's funny. And they both start laughing. And it was pretty that's funny. That's fantastic. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the kickoff of season three of the podcast. Steven. Hey 
How are you feeling this week? How was your week apart? Was it good? Did you miss me? It was, I missed you a lot, Zach. Let's make it about me. Tell me about your week, but keep the focus on how it relates to me. Well, I was inspired by you to start intermittent fasting, so... That's a good point. That's a good Zach connection. That's a good Zach connection, right? So you're right. I am inspirational. I'm brave. I listened to an album that you recommended to me. That's so true. I thought about you while watching... Lots of Porn. things, but uh, thought about you. I watching a couple shows. I'm like, I wonder what Zach would think of this joke. And I did just anything wrote else my happen? Did anything not related to me happen? It's starting to feel a little. Weird. I finished uh, Oshinoko, which is a strong front runner for my anime yeah, of the I don't year. Care about that? So I cared far. more about the first. <laughs> like, yeah, I was yeah. more directly. I sent a video to you uh-huh. of a live performance of the ending song. I've gotta be honest with you. you didn't I it. did the same thing with that that I do with any piece of media that anyone has sent mm-hmm. me ever via yeah. text message. Uh-huh. I don't click it. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's good. Lil uh-huh. sends me 10 TikToks a day. I've mm-hmm. never watched one. And they know <laughs> it. And I love that they continue to send me them every yeah. day. I hope that they always do. I've never watched them. <laughs> um, so it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. It's just that... Uh, Zach on air admitting that he does not care about uh, content created by uh, black trans artists. The content flagging, Steven. You're just making everybody mad. That's an oversimplification of my stance on the topic, okay? It's more complex than that. No, I love black trans people. I've met several. They can pee next to me whenever they want. I'm not worried about it. Welcome to the show, everybody. I guess in relation to that, unless you have more, my week was fine. It was fine. How was your week, Zach? I've got my car back. It's running as it should. I'm getting geared up for about a month from now, almost to the day of recording, following my favorite band, Ween, around a few states again, following them around for about six days. That'll be really fun. Your favorite band, the Beatles. Yeah, they're getting back together with Creed opener act, and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna follow them around across the (laughs) the Midwest. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for that. Gonna hang out with a bunch of weirdos, see a bunch of shows, Um, and I've been excited to get into this. It was last week. It was a lot of fun to wrap up season two and to talk about our episodes. I had a lot of fun doing our trivia last week Mm -hmm. and a battle. We went right down to the wire. You're right. It was intense. And giving our episode lists, having two of your bottom three in my top Mm -hmm. and having weird correlations and non-correlations in our top five. Meanwhile, one of my least favorite episodes somewhere else I watched again last night in preparation for the season three premiere, and I liked it even more. Maybe it would have been enough to bump it out of my bottom three. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. The whole season's great, and I'm excited to dive into season three because I have watched it in season four the least amount of times. I'm noticing that season three came out while Lil and I were in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I've seen this season more than once. Because so I already lived in Chicago at that time, huh? And then you watch it with Danny, right? So Later I on. had seen season three, mm-hmm. didn't watch season four, but then I watched through it again. So I've seen season three twice. This is my, my third time through. I'm in the same case as you, except for seasons three and four. I've only mm-hmm. seen them both once because Lil and I watched through seasons one and two together, and I had been holding on to season three. Yeah. We watched season three late and then watched season four as it aired. So I think it's 
possible and almost definite that I'm going to love these seasons way more than I have mm-hmm. the thought in my head. And I think that starts with this episode, with everything yeah. is Bonser. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the show, before we rip into the good place? I'm ready. I'm excited. I have a question. Oh, we're not ready, but go ahead. The title of our season two recap is My Favorite Thing the Show Has Ever Done, Period. What My thing favorite were you thing about? the show did, period. It's a yeah. quote taken directly from the podcast. Yeah. What, what did you say? That What, what was What that? it was. Yeah. What was my favorite thing the show uh-huh. did, period? It was the montage of all the reboots and Dance Dance nice. Resolution. Yeah, sure. That's fair. But I thought that that quote was more than just that. I thought it was mm-hmm. like kind of what we were talking about the whole time about that yeah. season. I I'm not against it. I think it was a great title. Thank I you. just wanted to... Clarify, clarify what the thing was i couldn't remember. you were confused by it i didn't consult that was when i was editing i was like i'm gonna edit this you and can listen name for things, buddy. a like pull quote things. to title it and then when there was 20 minutes or so left i was like fuck i forgot to do that and then i heard mm. that and was like that'll do that'll do that'll do what we didn't do a shout out our ten dollar and up patrons over patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast you know we lost a name at the start of the month and that's fine (laughs) a big part of patreon is that it's totally acceptable to support us for a couple months or a month if you like us and you just want to help us out or if you want to listen to all the content and then dip that's fine too i mean maybe that wink nudge please you know would convince a couple people to join it's okay season but everyone is in your life for a reason, Zach. I agree. It's okay to join and then dip after a little bit. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. still support. Uh, Patreon is like a monthly subscription type service, but you don't have to do it that way. You can just donate 10 bucks to our podcast and then stop. That's fine. I mean, Please I do. on a regular basis wait for Zach to have a sale on his OnlyFans, subscribe and unsubscribe immediately so I get right. the rest of the month. And then I wait till it goes on sale again and I just look at his body again. So I I'm like, not I can gonna get it for free, single out like the name that we've lost this week. But let's be honest, folks, it wouldn't be that hard to figure it out if you want. No shame. It's fine to dip when you need to dip. But the people that didn't dip, the people that still have a place in our hearts, still have their hand up on our hip. Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, and Justin Fortier. I appreciate all these people. Happy early birthday, very much. I don't know when any of our things come out. Maybe it's happy belated birthday. I mean, a week from today. A week from today. So Monday, next Monday. So happy early birthday. Happy early birthday, Danny. One of the earliest podcast supporters even before she was in a romantic relationship with it's one true. of the hosts. We're not going to say which one. <laughs> There's You guys were friends. You guys mm-hmm. knew each other. So it wasn't like a weird through the podcast thing, which yeah. when you guys first started dating, I kind of thought it was. Somewhere I had missed the fact that you guys like worked together. That's really uh, funny. So I was a little confused at first when I when you first were like, I'm dating Danny. And I was like, from the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> she won. I almost said something very vulgar. Never mind. But So happy birthday and special shout out to patron Danny M. Lugo for being a day one supporter of the Patreon and a day one supporter of the podcast and a current supporter of Stephen Baker for now. I've heard. Hope so. Well, let's talk about The Good Place. He was number one. Well, let's talk about The Good Place. We're here to talk about (laughs) season three, episode one of The Good Place. It's chapter 27, Everything is Bonzer, part one. 
What do you mm-hmm. think of the title, Everything is Bonzer? Is that uh, somehow a reference to the list of Kardashian slang that Eleanor references taking a buzzqueed fit? A uh, buzzqueed? A buzzqueed? <laughs> that Eleanor <laughs> talks about. I was trying to say quiz and buzzfeed at the same time. Yeah. She took that quiz, and they don't use the word bonzer, but do you think that's why it's called this? Well, I was wondering if maybe be, it was like a deleted everything's scene. Everything's wacky and wild. Well, this, yeah, is bonzer a, a normal word? No, but that's why I'm thinking maybe it was one of the... You remember the Kardashian slang reference, right? Yeah, I know all about the Kardashians. Do you think that could be that or no? Maybe. I don't know. Huh. Well, this episode was directed by a Good Place director staple, Dean Holland. Before this episode, he directed Someone Ooh, Like Me as a member. He directed like Mindy St. Clair. He directed The Trolley Problem, Stevens number one of season mm-hmm. two. He directed Janet and Michael, The Burrito, one of my top episodes of season mm-hmm. two. I think it was my number two. Number three. Um, next week, he directs Everything is Bonzer part two. And after these, he directs Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By. I think that's next season. It no, is. no, that's later this season. Fuck I think. me, Maybe. I was wrong. I'm not sure. This episode was co-written by Jin Statsky, who is a writer we've heard of before, mm-hmm. and the series creator, Michael Schur. Jin Statsky, before this episode, she wrote Someone Like Me as a member. She co-wrote Mindy St. Clair with Megan Amram. She wrote Everything is Great, part one, last season. She nice. co-wrote Rhonda, Diana, Jake, and Trent with Dan Schofield. And next week, on her own, she gets to write Everything is Bonzer, part two. And in the future, she writes season three's finale, Pandemonium, with Megan Amram. And one of the last episodes of the show mondays am i right next season jen statsky big name and then michael sure this is one of his kind of scarce writing credits for the mm-hmm. show before this he wrote the pilot everything is fine he wrote the season one finale michael's gambit he wrote the episode before this the season two finale somewhere else and then after this he doesn't have a writing credit on the show again until wow. uh, whenever you're ready parts one and two the series Ooh. finale maybe he directs between now and then but yeah Wow. Only a few episodes he put his piece into, and this is one of them. And he doesn't write part two. It's just Jen Statsky on her own. Interesting. So he brought his. So voice I wonder to part if one. maybe, like, because he wrote the episode before this, so maybe he just wrote the first Eleanor bit. Maybe because it's connected so much to that one, there were segments that were yeah. produced for that. That's an interesting way of thinking mm-hmm. about it, maybe. And that our girl Jen did a majority of the legwork on the... The Somewhere Else episode has a really specific voice to it, the way that Mm -hmm. its reality is portrayed. And this kind of feels like that. It feels like it has some of that Michael Schur Mm -hmm. that doesn't always show up, but super shows up when he's around. Yeah. But yeah, that's the show. It originally aired on September 27th, 2018. Let's talk about that date. September 27th, 2018. I was in a like seven or eight month long relationship at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll update on how that goes. Yeah, I've uh, been living in Chicago for about three months at this time. Is that true? Yeah. I thought it was later than that because Lily and I started dating in February. Yeah, I moved here in June. Really? We kind of yeah. stopped hanging out there at the end, didn't we? I didn't phrase it that way in my mind. Well, somebody got a significant other and yeah. left their I got minority friend fast. alone. That's very true. September 27th, 2018. 2018 was the year of movie pass for me and mm. even more than my Oscar movies last year that year I saw like 70 something movies in the theater Holy and shit. this we had to take advantage of the wild west of movie pass. yes it was the wild west absolutely changed the game forever the number one movie this week I saw in the theater it wow. is not a movie I would have expected to be number one in the box office mm. I'm going to tell you, because I don't think you're going to get this unless you would have seen it, Lady unless your siblings would have been hip to it. No, that was 2016. It's mm-hmm. vaguer than that. 
If you squinted real hard, you would think this was the Jack Black Goosebumps movie, but it's not. It's a different children's fantasy horror movie starring Jack Black. Made it to number one. Includes Oscar winner Kate Blanchett. I saw this movie in the theaters and I couldn't tell you what it's about. I didn't even bother looking up what the movie was about to talk about it. The title kind of tells you what it's supposed to be about, but I don't remember what it's about at all. Do you have anything? Do you want to throw something out there? This sounds really familiar, you can but make I something can't up. think of what it is. R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. No, starring... it's not R.L. Stein. This movie's called The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Never heard of that in my fucking I know. It was life. the number one box office film. I saw this in the theater. Wow, tough week for movies, huh? The House with a Clock in Its Walls. I am going to look up really quick what the tagline of this movie is. I've never heard of that in my life. I think you just made that movie up. Promise you I didn't. Fantasy comedy, 2018 rated PG. A young orphan named Louis Barnevelt aids nice. his magical uncle in locating a clock with the power to bring about the end of the world. This film was directed by Eli Roth, who did a nice. lot of adult horror films. He's an yeah. established director. Stars Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, a young Owen Vaccaro, uh, Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks, Renee Elise Goldsberry from oh, Hamilton. Wow. Not a bad cast. Let's talk about, based off of what you now know about this film that you did not mm -hmm. know existed until a minute or two ago. Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics said? What do you think the audience thinks of the clock? The, no, uh, the house critics, with the clock in probably its like a two point six. It's Rotten Tomatoes. You know 46%. how this works. You know how it works. Forty six from the critics. What do you think about the audience? Well, normally we do the critic, and you tell me what the right answer is, and then I give sure. you the audience. You said forty six. Uh huh. It's higher than that by a lot. Less than twenty, but by a significant amount. Fifty seven. No, the critic score for the house with a something in there weather is 65% from the critics. A decent rating. What about the audience? Do you think they were higher or lower on this movie that you did not know existed? I mean, it was number one, so maybe for they were week, a little yes. higher. Like maybe 64? it was a really rough oh, week. Fuck, I didn't look at what else was there. 68? 64, 68. The audience score for this is lower than that. Ah, 53. No, it's 44%. Nice. I should have swapped my guesses. So 65% from the critics and 44% from the audience. I've mm. translated letterbox to a percent. Do you think it is higher or lower than the Rotten Tomatoes audience? Letterboxd. 2018. People were using Letterbox when this movie came out. High. Ah, mm -mm, I think lower. No, it's higher. 40, Take a stab okay. at it, though. 58. A little lower. It's 54% from the letterbox. Mm. Still very tepid. Not very good. 65% yeah. from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes being the highest. So not and like I've said before, that it. doesn't even mean 65% of critics loved it. It means 65% of critics did not dislike it. Mm -hmm. They could have all been like, it's fine. it's fine. I don't remember anything about it. Okay. What I do remember a lot about is the number one album this week. Mm -hmm. I could sing to you every song on this album but i don't think you'd have a good time finding anyone else that could and it was the number one album this week is it 2018 Weezer? no think of someone who is much older paul mccartney yes his yeah, 2018 album because you told me it was good i like it but it's not his best but it's not bad uh what's it's it called fun. like i don't know paul 
<laughs> no, this was the his moon. effort, Egypt Station. Mm. There's some good tunes on Egypt Station yeah. by Paul McCartney. This came out this week. It was a number one album in the U.S. for him. Pitchfork out of 10. How do you think they were feeling on Egypt Station? Seven. Lower. Five? They do points. Give it another oh, step. Oh, okay. 5.5. 5. Really close. It was a 5.8 out of 10 mm. for Pitchfork. And rate your music no, also out of not. 10. They do decimals and they do like to the, what would it be, the hundredth? Oh, wow. Uh, rate my music 6. Based off of 5.8, 6.45. Close, but almost a half point too high. 5.98. Mm, a little bit. Okay. Well, okay. honestly, right on par with Pitchfork. Just yeah. A slight bit higher. That was what was going on in the charts this week. The house with the clock in its walls and <laughs> Egypt Station, which wow, I what a time do for like media. songs. There's this song on Egypt Station called Fuh You that he wrote with a big like pop uh, songwriter. And the nice. bit of the song is that it sounds like he would be saying fuck, but he, it's like, I just want to fuck you. But he keeps saying fuh, so he doesn't say fuck. Wow. Like Paul McCartney getting Paul edgy. Edge Lord Paul McCartney. You think Paul McCartney still fucks? I mean, he still performs two and a half hour concerts all the time for huge audiences. And people his age and older are getting people pregnant still. I'm sure he can afford everything he needs to still fuck. Good for him. I hope he does. Yeah, me too. He seems to love his wife, Nancy. That's my old Paul McCartney. What do you think? That was pretty good. You know, the thing about John was he was a bit of a complicated guy. (laughs) Now don't you talk about me like that. Paul, that's my impression of John. I think we're killing it. I think we did great. I'm Ringo. I'm George. Nah, you ruined it. Damn. I don't know if I could do young Paul McCartney who put his voice is really low like this. He kind of sounds like. I love the Beatles. But he likes to talk about things in a. He'll someone will I ask him a serious question. They'll be like, "So, Paul, this new photo book that you put out." So it's just pictures that you took. What's your theory about taking a picture? Like, well, it's really you take out the camera and you <laughs> press the button. And then when you point <laughs> up the camera, you kind of just like how it looks. And you press the snap and flick. And there you go. you got a picture for your book. And he'll <laughs> be like, oh, my God. You're so right, Paul McCartney. It's your turn, Stephen. I'm Paul McCartney. It's time for my favorite segment on the podcast. Big wow. fan here. It's time for Did Steven watched the episode this week. Hey, you fucking listen to me right now, Zach. It's my thing to pretend to be someone else while doing the recap section on a different show. Don't bring that here. Don't bring that here. This week! I understand and I respect that. I didn't think of it that way. You've got 20 seconds on the clock to tell everyone out there listening and I'm Beetle I'm is hanging on to those last wisps of life that he still has left. Paul McCartney, who will be grading you along with me, will both be giving an input on how oh, well wow. you did. And Even Paul though you is just told me off pod that I can't do the voice anymore, I'm doing the voice, people. I'm bringing <laughs> it back. It's coming back a little bit later in the program. You've got 20 seconds mm-hmm. on the clock how do you think you're gonna do i don't know i was thinking about this while watching the episode and i was like do i know what's going on enough to recap this can i convey that i watched the episode to zach can i fool him into thinking that i've seen this show before another <laughs> week hasn't. we'll nope. see are you ready i guess all right well Steven, if i pee for the in first the middle time of this recap in season three, i get bonus points 
you get bonus points if I don't notice that it happened, if you don't let out okay. any pleasure sounds or, yeah. or, or trickle trockles. Yeah, trickle trockles. <laughs> You've got you 20 know seconds me and my trickle trockles. <laughs> Are you ready, Steven? I think so. Okay, three, two, one, go. We get a little recap of everything that happened. Fuck me. God, can I restart? Oh, no. Um, Michael sent the gang back to Earth to prove they can become good people. Uh, Michael then has to interfere to hey, help stop, the gang. Stop. I wanted to see you scramble, but I will allow a restart. Oh, sorry. I botched. I botched. I absolutely hate what just happened uh-huh. for the record. I want the record to show yeah, that. Steven, I hate it, too. That is not acceptable. It's not okay. <laughs> We're putting on a show here. It's not So okay. I want you to know that you will get to start again, but I will be docking, no matter how well you do, mm-hmm. a full letter grade for what just happened. Okay. So you've got a lot to do to get like a B. Mm-hmm. Do you need a breath? Do you, what just happened? Do we need to talk about that? Do I need to like, you take your mouth guard out and I start massaging you and say, hey, Steven, you still got it. I was never <laughs> able to fight, so I need you to fight so I can feel like a man. You still got it, Steven. Is that how Yeah, Pops, you for you, better? Pops. I'll do it, Pops. I'm a killer, I'm not your Pops. dad. I'm not your dad. I'm a killer. Stop calling me dad. I'm, I'm a Pops, I'm, daddy. I'm, I'm, I'm trying a... to appeal to the same age I'm group a... as you. I'm a fellow kid. I'm a kid. killer, daddy. Great. Oh, oh, 20 dad, seconds I on got the it. clock. Are you feeling ready? I'm ready. Time? I'm a killer. That was awful, Steven. That was horrible that you did that. I'm ready. On go. Three, two, one, go. The gang got sent back to Earth for another crack at being good and improving. Michael is not seeing enough progress, so he goes to Earth trying to intervene and get them all together to various levels of success. Um, Chidi and Eleanor meet, and they start working together to help her improve ethics. Meanwhile, Chidi, who can't decide anything, meets Simone, the star of the show. Stop. And- you still just did okay. What I really mm-hmm. would have liked was that Michael abuses mm-hmm. his friendliness to weasel his way and to be like, he's like obsessed with going back to Earth. I would have liked a mention of that. And I would mm-hmm. have liked, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would Some have liked. Some kind of ending, yeah. Some more stuff about Chidi and Simone. It's a thick episode. Really, for being a part one, there is still quite a bit. And you're getting taken down a full letter grade, so I mm-hmm. don't think I have any choice but to give you like a D plus. Oof, tough week. Tough week. Like a C plus, I think would have been kind of generous. So I'll give yeah. you the D plus. Thank you. What happened, buddy? I, I don't know. Think, Can I we... be honest? Like yeah. 100% honest? Sure, let's hear it. I really have to pee. And in my mind, I'm like, I can hold it for an hour. An hour? You can hold it for an hour, Steven? I have. It's just the two of us here. When you need to pee, you're allowed to say, the podcast will be better if I go pee right now. I'll be back. But, but Zach, what happened before? <laughs> I don't have the restroom pass. Get out of here, you little scamp. I'll be right back. Get out of here. I'm going to make a mess. Don't stop recording. I will not. Ooh, yeah. Real nice human pee I just took from my penis. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Steven, you did horrible today. Let's move mm-hmm. on to some trivia. I've got nine questions for you this week. I think I have 12 or 13 for you. Whoa, let's do it. I you went go first. Give me two. MC Hammer. Give me two, buddy. What's on the doorman's uh, uh, You weren't gone that long. Did you wash your hands? Yeah, they're a little wet. You want to smell them? I don't know if I believe little, that you washed your hands, but you've now shown your unwashed finger. penis hands to the internet, so... 
There's some Getting content flagged yet again. What was your question? What is on the doorman's desk when he first meets Michael? Well, his name tag that says his nameplate that says the doorman. Mm-hmm. Is the key with the frog on the desk? Mm-hmm. Is there a picture of something? Is there some books? Some paper? What else did I miss? What did I miss? Uh, there's a stamp. The stamp is there. Oh, sure. Makes and sense. And there's like a little like Approved. silver thing on the front of the desk. I thought it was a bell at first, mm-hmm. but no one ever rings it, so I don't know what the fuck it is. Give me one more. How long has it been since the doorman heard a joke? Mm-hmm. 8,000 years? Yeah. And it still has And been. he still has one, yeah. What is engraved on the doorman's key? Do not duplicate. That's it. You got it. What opportunity did Michael miss? Chewing a gumball. You got he it. put a coin in a thing and mm-hmm. got it, but he didn't know that you could chew it. He didn't just had the gumball and was like, all right, throws yeah. it out. Nice. Next one for you. What three earth things does Michael report back to the doorman on after his first trip? Still at the beginning of the episode. This is what gives yeah, us the I, theme song. I almost call it made a this a song. question. Mm-hmm. So you should remember some of it. Do you? You would think. You would um, think. Damn. I don't Nothing. remember any of them. Yeah. Well, one of them it. he says like three or four times. He's amazed yeah. by it. And it's something we He's have really a lot excited of excited about Indiana. the Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo. That's one of them. What are the yeah. other two? Things that happen to people on Earth that he experienced. He didn't get pooped on by a pigeon. Pigeons. Someone did that's walk- two. Pigeons. And the other one is someone walked by him. Nope. And no, that's a, he's talking to Janet about that one. You got two out of three. I think that's all I'm going to help you. The traffic, yeah. the pigeons. Traffic, the There's pigeons. a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. Your a turn. Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. Here's a, a one that I, I liked. Hmm. What is the name of the stand at which Chidi can't pick a muffin? Ooh, I do not know. Don't even have an inkling. Didn't see it. We crumb from a land down under. <laughs> Okay, that was the first thing they came up with as an Australia bagel. Yeah. Or we crumb shop. from a land we down crumbed. under. I thought it was really Real minute clever. work reference. Mm-hmm. What is the judge currently Benjamin binging? Benjamin Sandwich. The judge? Yes. Was my Rudolph in this episode? They just mentioned her. They mentioned her. Mm. Janet's talking to Michael mm-hmm. about getting one over on the judge, and Michael says, oh, don't worry. She's binging all of... Justified? No. NCIS. God damn. Nice. Is Ted Dance on an NCIS? Just kidding. I know it's a different white haired mm, old Which one is guy. he on? He's on one of those. Maybe he's, he's on a he was on a CSI for a while, yeah, maybe. I think so. Was it CSI Cyber starring no. Shad Moss, aka and Lil Bow Wow? Charlie Koontz was in CSI Cyber. Charlie Koontz, star of CSI Cyber. Friend of the show. Friend of, show. Friend of a previous show. Not yeah. of this show, I guess. He mm-hmm. could be. Doesn't give Charlie a shit Koontz, about this one. Come on the show. Maybe he likes yeah. a good place. He knows he has Hope good so. taste. It's your turn. How many questions was Tahani asked in the full interview? Not Is actually shown on camera. Five hundred and eighty-seven. You're really close. Let me give you one more crack at it. You got two of the digits correct. Eighty-eight. Ooh, five eighty-two. Hmm. That was a good, good, good crack at it, though. According to Eleanor, what are Arizona's main exports? Um, I think this is one of my questions, so I'm not gonna look. Um, racist it, sheriffs. And HPV. Mm-hmm. Good job. Nice. See, I thought I would trip you up with this one because when I first saw the scene, I thought she said racist chairs. No. And I was like, ah, no subtitle using Zach's not going to get this one. But I guess she did. What magazine did the interview with Tahani? Ooh, International Sophisticate. I'm going to give that to you. International Sophisticate Magazine. Absolutely. The readers just call it the 
the ints ints off, but I said international sophisticate. I know, but you didn't say magazine. I needed to say magazine. It's clear no, you that it's didn't. That's why I said I'm giving it to you. You didn't have but it to. Feels say like, it feels like it feels like you're trying to pull off that you're doing something nice for me by giving it to me when that's not the all case. I said. I'm gonna it give right. it to you. I got it right. That's why I I'm got it, it to right. You. What injuries? Oh, is it your turn? Is it my turn? It's, it's your, your turn. turn. What injuries did Henry sustain? <laughs> <laughs> um his legs bent backwards then his foot flew and hit him in the face and gave him a concussion one other thing i don't know his tendons snapped like violin strings well that's what happened with his legs that was the yeah but snapping. i kind of wanted that as part of the detail you didn't say what does henry say you said what injuries did he sustain <sighs> his legs snapping backwards and his tendons snapping like right. violin strings Fine. are one in the same still not giving it to you Wow, I'm giving it to me. <laughs> what office number is Cheaty's? No idea. 210. Cool. What's yeah. Cheaty's guess at the maximum number of books you can check out? 12,000? Yes. That was really funny. Uh, how many books? Is it 12,000? <laughs> There's some really funny Cheaty stuff in this episode. <laughs> how many bulbs are on Cheaty's desk lamp? What the fuck? Um, <laughs> three. You're really close. Two. Two. <laughs> I'm not going to give that to you. What Two. a dumb question. What <laughs> deeply terrible song is chosen for Sean's workers? This is more of a did you know what the song was? Richard Marx's. Uh-huh. Uh, is it called Right There Waiting for you? Really close. Take one letter away and you got it. Right There no. waiting for you <laughs> right here waiting. right here wait uh-huh. I, I like that song we'll play it later right here. we'll give it its time let the people decide day after day <laughs> that turn. song's not good is it probably not it's... probably definitely not <laughs> fuck um whose word for crazy is zonkatronic Ooh, kindle kylie hey. Is there a Cody? <laughs> <laughs> there should have been. Uh, Chloe Kardashian. Caitlyn Jenner? Ooh, we don't like her. What color are Simone's We acknowledge eyes? her as a woman, but we do not like her. Very, what very What color true. are whose eyes? Simone. Brown. Yes. She's black. <laughs> what did Cheaty pick I between red and blue? I don't see things like that. I don't see <laughs> the world through that patriarchal small-minded lens what you got what did cheaty pick between red and blue mm, it's a 50 50 chance isn't it red mm -hmm. you're right cool he did ask to switch to blue but simone said no so it stayed with red mm -hmm. my last question for you what does janet know about cheaty and simone's potential children oh this is a good question thank you one of them will be do i have to use the exact wording Give me what you remember. It will be hot enough to be on The Bachelor, but smart enough to never go on The Bachelor. That's pretty much the line. Good job. Mm -hmm. That's my last question. Give me what we got. Mm -hmm. How many views does Leg Press Wizard have? <laughs> I don't even remember what that is. That's the video of Henry, his legs <sighs> dropping on him and his losing <laughs> his uh, yeah, yeah. bladder. Uh, <laughs> 1723. 62,000. Wow, that, that fast. <laughs> yeah, same day. And where did Todd get donuts from? This is a tough one. This is the reading what's on the screen. Duncan Spiders. 
<laughs> Duncan Spiders. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You know that my copy of the episode is on DVD, so it is in uh, 120p. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's in one p there's just Let's one talk big about pixel the season premiere we're talking about the first half of the season premiere which is its own episode everything is bonzer part one yeah i agree and it feels like a first half it well, feels like we're recapping the it's first the same part episode i will be labeling this in my notes as episode one everything is bonzer yeah, part one and matter. episode one you said i get to bonzer, name things earlier two. we all heard you say i get to name things earlier you did i say you're good at naming things or you no get to name i things? named something and you said that's okay you can name things that's okay oh okay i gave you permission i gave yeah. you the green light can't take that back can't break a christmas promise <laughs> this is the first half of the season premiere it's definitely the first time i've ever watched this episode as its own thing yeah. How did you feel about this as the season premiere, as the follow-up to somewhere else a couple weeks ago? How do you feel? You know, being that season three is probably the season that I remember the minute details chronologically of the least. Really? Just because it's one that I watched and then didn't watch the show for a long time, then watched the whole show through again. And then seeing season four after... I forgot that we got some of the things we get in this episode. Just like really? I remember For a instance, lot of the big moments that happened. Well, I forgot that we got to be introduced to Simone this episode, sure. who I love. Love Simone. I do one too. of my favorite like things that the show does is Simone. And it's one of the best writing things. But I, I think as an episode, it's hard because this feels so much like the first half of a extra long episode and that makes it kind of hard especially watching it we even had a whole argument yeah back and forth of what even constituted the end of the episode Mm -hmm. because these are produced as two episodes jen netflix it's hard to tell where has her own writing credit and specifically the version that you have on netflix and the version Mm -hmm. that i have on the dvd are different in that moment like very slightly different so we are recapping a scene at the end of this that may technically be a part of part two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't we'll really matter. I still okay. think it's worth separating it into two parts, but it did yes. make for an interesting experience to hard cut it off at a point. And even with this being like an extra long episode, your second go at the recap proves that there's so much in this episode, in mm-hmm. this first half, for being pretty much just focused on Michael, Eleanor, and Chidi. There's yeah. a lot. And through it, through all of the stuff that this episode has to accomplish or start to set up, Simone is like a shining light of a new mm-hmm. character that just instantly clicks. And this is a show that has such an established group of relationships between its main characters. Well, we just and saw Chidi and Eleanor one. kiss each other. Yeah. And they bring in this new girl. We should hate her. We like her. And we kind of like it that Chidi asks her out and we kind of like it that eleanor is the friend that's able to help chidi out there how can this show do these things we were so in with them kissing each other and all you have to do is introduce simone and she's incredible great Mm -hmm. writing great casting let's talk through the episode let's do it the episode starts with a really cool shot of like total blackness michael did the dvd have a recap yes it did did netflix yeah and i thought it was a, a good recap like it didn't give too much it truly just no, it didn't give any episode. of Eleanor's stuff. It yeah. just gave up to the snap. And then this and episode like recaps some of that stuff. It was a really well thought out recap because mm-hmm. they didn't need it. And I think it made it because I, I made a comment on the finale or maybe I said it during the roundtable that I wish that the 
last two thirds of somewhere else were the start of this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that back. I like really that we got that information. And then I still think that's a version that you could do and it would be great. And maybe flow a little bit. You'd better, almost but... have to do like an hour and a half long episode though. Exactly. Then you'd have to end the beginning of the season with mm-hmm. how next weekend. So I think exactly. But I, I truly like how we have the information because we remember what Eleanor's thing was. They don't hand feed it to us, but they take us right into Michael in Janet's perspective. And I really like that a lot. I really like Michael in this episode, especially in this opening scene. Like he mm-hmm. opens that door from a black void and you see the light behind him. I think it's just a cool visual. And then I think that the far shots of the walk bridge to the doorman is some of the most impressive shot work that the show has done so far. Now, I think I it looks question, really good. Zach, yeah. Because I like to give Good Place a lot of credit for a lot oh, of yeah. things. Had the first Thor movie come out by this time? It had, right? I'm positive it had because several Avengers movies had come out. Okay, Thor, well, shit, it came out a long time before this. Yes. This is very much just the bridge that (laughs) Idris Elba guards from Asgard. But But here it's a weird little doorman guy that likes frogs, so it's fine. Which is really funny. And I think that them being aware of the Thor thing makes Mm -hmm. this funnier. Because yeah, it's I think like, maybe it could we have all powerful Idris Elba controlling like a magical sword between dimensions, and here's a guy with with a key that says <laughs> "Made of the not first duplicate. atoms ever created." <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he walks towards this door and he meets the doorman, who is played by Mike O'Malley, who I know Big very fan. well as Kurt Hummel's dad on Glee. Yeah, literally the only character that Glee never destroyed. He was always solid. He was always he a character that they person. handled right and like made the show better when he showed up for all. A six chair seasons. is still a and you chair. You can't say that at many people. That Even was, if my Kurt. dead wife isn't sitting there? I don't think he's saying that. I think Kurt he didn't, didn't sing shit. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So why are you bringing this up? Because it's about him. The song, he was sung to him. Yeah, the episode when he almost dies and it makes Kurt an atheist. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. Good one. Good times. He did a great job acting like he was in a coma. And he's got a totally different vibe in this. He's a like a weird, turtly kind of dude that mm-hmm. just sits at this door that almost never has to be accessed by people from this area. Would you love this job? Hate this job, Zach. Hate it. Unless I had something like The Judge and I could just watch stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. The shifts sound killer. Way too long. Yeah. Michael comes up, you must be the doorman, and he has this paperwork. At this point, he's in the clear to go to Earth and give the mm-hmm. push. That's what the judge agreed to. And he explains why he's going and what he's going to do. He tells a joke about, oh, I hope the travel isn't too bad. I hope I don't get a middle seat. And that gives the, I haven't heard a joke in 8,000 years. I still haven't. Bit of really sh- tough on Michael, who's just yeah, trying to win an him okay over. joke. This reminded me very specifically of something that happens in the final season of Better Call Saul, where mm-hmm. the older version, post-breaking bad of the character, has a thing where he's like building a rapport with the security guards at a mall so nice. he can do something behind their back a long time in the future. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what this gave me vibes of. The, Michael that's is cool. really cunningly making deliberate friends with the doorman. Mm-hmm in their interactions and it works although here the doorman at the beginning just throws his joke away and says that wasn't a joke it wasn't a great joke and something that makes everything that happens here and in the next part and going forward Mm -hmm. work is that michael is still a demon like Mm -hmm. he's made changes and improved himself but he's not above breaking rules in time and time he'll cheat he'll do whatever yeah yeah and i love that the show remembers that because they could have very easily been, okay, Michael's a good guy now. They also do a, lot a really of good job of 
shading in the shots we got in the season finale of them looking through the tape. There's a lot Mm -hmm. more context to that and where Michael is when he's throwing it down in defeat. But he's also like excited because he gets to go back to Earth and meddle some more. Because really, all we see of the tape in the season finale is we see them say, okay, good, Eleanor's making progress, Eleanor's making progress, and like, oh no, Eleanor did a bad thing, let's fix this. This episode complements the previous episode in really clever ways, I think even more clever than the beginning of season two. That's really subtle. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they'll come to me as we talk through it, but I really like it. So the key is made of the very first atoms in the universe attached to a frog keychain. What's the reason for the frog keychain? Nothing. I just like I'm frogs. I'm a frog guy. Like I'm a frogs. frog guy. I'm a frog guy is a wild <laughs> sentence to say. When <laughs> Michael, after he's had this moment that he's really ex- Okay, so if he goes through this door, he'll immediately be where he needs to be, but he won't have any powers. So if he needs to get around, he has to use a bus. And Michael loves mm-hmm. the idea of having to use a bus. I think it's really cute. Michael has some really cute moments in, in this opening Am I going to sit in a front-facing seat or a side Side-facing seat. Oh, I'm going to pick a side-facing seat. And the doorman is snapping at him for going to grab the key when he's excited and explains. But when he's finished, Michael, on Earth, he gets this device and he presses a button and that'll bring him back wherever he mm-hmm. goes. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah. So the doorman opens the door and Michael excitedly steps through to Earth. The beginning of a really important arc for Michael, honestly, in the second yeah. half of the show. I really like this. That then gives us a really smart montage of, first, what we've seen before. Him, now confirmed, if it wasn't obvious before, was the figure that showed up to push Eleanor out of the mm-hmm. cart's way. I love the... There's like a Western music that's playing during this montage that I thought really fit the scene well of Michael Very being good, bad, and the like ugly. this lone savior kind of guy mm-hmm. stepping in. He's biking and makes Chidi move out of the way of the AC unit so he doesn't get crushed. He grabs Tahani and just pulls her from the statue's path. And then the last one, he just lets Jason out of the safe. He just opens the door for him. (laughs) And that's all he needed to do there. And then Michael steps back through the door and he's buzzing. He's like, oh my God, that was so much fun. I got to do all this stuff. The traffic, the pigeons, the, the Taco Bell. And the way that he delivers his lines about the Pizza Hut Taco Bell combo, which is just one of the most human experiences ever yeah on a road trip finding the fast food place that's three fast food places well and we in our in our hometown for a long tacos. time mm-hmm. had kfc a and combo. w it's still there yeah kfc a and w still there it's not Holy gone shit. anywhere and then there was also like maybe these were never attached in anderson but i've seen like fazoli's connected to a place before too and i'm like that's a bold move to combine i feel like pizza hut and taco bell even though they're owned by the same company having like the pizza oven shit and all the taco bell shit that seems like too much but be a lot michael's so excited about it and i saw this place that was at once a pizza hut and a taco bell i mean oh the mind reels a pizza hut and a taco bell ah (laughs) he's just so (laughs) delighted by the thought of it and that brings us into the theme song Afterwards, Mm -hmm. Michael is back in the office with the ticker tape telling Janet about all the things that he did, that he rode a bike, he put a coin in a thing for a gumball, and he had a small talk experience talking with someone about the weather. Very, very cute. And Janet's like, okay, yeah, nice, but did you save the four people? And also reveals to him that he should have chewed the gumball, which was a missed opportunity (laughs) for Michael. And when Michael tells her that, yeah, I saved the people, he also emphasizes to her in the small little nudge we get at the Jason Mm -hmm. and Janet of it all, that yes, I saved them and Jason's okay. I know that Jason is okay. He says that to her in that moment, which I thought was kind of a nice little hint at stuff that we're not talking about in this episode. Since Janet's playing such the straight man this whole episode, 
I think that it's nice to remember the, not forget her progress. Here. The big yeah. moment at the end of last season had a reason still. Mm-hmm. So they sit back and they start watching the ticker tape and they're like, now we can relax and watch them become better people. Cut to several months later and each of the humans are having their own issues. Eleanor, as we've seen, is giving up on being a good person and calling the environmental guy Benedict Cumberbatch, as we saw a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. Meanwhile, Chidi, he's, we'll get context for this later. He's at the muffin stand. What was it called? We crumb from a land down under. We crumb from a land down under. He's there and Chidi, William Jackson Harper delivers so many great lines in this episode. Just his, oh, yeah, am I okay? I want to start crying right now. I forget exactly how he says it, but it's really funny. The delivery, the intensity, the anxiety, very, very great. Tahani, mm-hmm. meanwhile, is answering 582 questions for International Sophisticate Magazine, and I thought it was a really funny bit. This is probably my favorite of all of their little bits, especially when the like Photoshop picture of Tahani today, it's like, it oh, that's so me. Funny. I was such a tomboy in high school, and she's the holding basketball. a basketball seat. I like oh, that. Who's the most famous person in wow, your phone? Oh, it's more about, you know, the connections, something, something. The Dalai Lama texted me. Dalai Lama texted me. (laughs) Jason's is pretty good too. When it's close up on him, will you make me the happiest man in the world and marry me, Kay? And it cuts to the cop and she says, Do you think my name is the letter letter K? K. Uh, That made me laugh so hard the first time. You don't have to, you can't arrest me if we're married. And you can share all the stuff that I stole. Yeah, (laughs) he he confessed to the robbery. Michael (laughs) is dejected by what he sees in the tape. And this is adding context to what we saw last time. Mm -hmm. But this time we have a little bit of what everybody's doing. And that's one of the things that makes this kind of work as its own episode. Because we do get glimpses of Of everyone else. Jason and Tahani, which we'll get a lot more of next week, I assume. Mm -hmm. That's when the moment that we also got in the season finale, Michael turns to Janet and says, you know what the problem is, right? And we get more of the scene now. Very Arrested Development season four, how this all unravels. Seeing scenes again, but getting new context for them. And it's really great. They're able to do it in an episode instead of, or two episodes instead of over 20 or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael is convinced that they need to get Chidi and Eleanor back together to start everything off. But Janet says that there's no way that he can help. He knows what he can do. Janet's against it. But he wants to go back to Earth and interact with the two of them and kind of nudge them together. Janet, you said she's the straight man, but she really is the voice of reason here because Mm -hmm. I don't remember what happens, but this isn't good for Michael to be going against the judge. I'm sure it's going to have something to do with the judge changing her mind on doing it at all, which has to be coming at some Mm -hmm. point. I don't remember when. Janet says something to the tune of the judge was pretty clear and the judge is the judge of the universe. (laughs) so michael's really like getting into it he's gotten into it a bunch of times but he's just taking on bigger dogs with each new plan so michael goes back to the doorman and he's really eager to return to earth and he's now trying to like slide one over on him using the same travel papers as before and like speaking like oh yeah the judge said just to use this because i'm i'm visiting the same people and the doorman trusts him and he takes the antimatter even though it's not decaf like he usually likes to have And it's shitty of Michael because the doorman doesn't get to see people like this very often. So it probably is kind of easy to slide one over on him. He's not getting repeat customers. He's not getting any customers. So he just kind of takes Michael at his word and he stamps another approved on his papers. It's funny. He's like, well, I don't usually drink the regular antimatter, but it's only 430 and my shift gets over at 9 billion or something like that. (laughs) And he... He drinks the regular, 
and he lets Michael back through the door, where he then goes and meets Eleanor at the bar and asks her, what do we owe to each other? And that gets Eleanor. I like all this added context. The way yeah. it fits into the story in this way is really neat. So we see again Eleanor watching Chidi on YouTube, going to Australia, going to his school to meet with him. Are you Chidi Anna Kendrick? again (laughs) and we get more of the can we talk scene which was near the end of the season finale episode eleanor talks to him about the type of person that she's been she's a trash bag from arizona which is another thing that'll recur a lot in the last two seasons i think trash bag from arizona who tried to start being better after a crazy life experience and before she can tell her story we're interrupted by like the biggest elephant in the room of the show why does chidi speak english all the time when Lil and I watched Somewhere Else Again, Lil's question was, why is Chidi speaking English? Isn't he yeah. supposed to spe- be from Senegal? Isn't he supposed well, to but speak he's, French? We've always known he's teaching in Australia. Yeah, you're right. But I get why the show needed to bring it up to mm-hmm. remind us that they hadn't forgotten. And that's exactly how this scene feels. When someone comes in, they start speaking French. And Eleanor is like, I've been on a plane for 40 hours. This is Australia, right? <laughs> and we learned that Chidi speaks. Do you remember all the languages? What he speaks? French is a native language. He also speaks English. And along with... Three more. Greek, Latin, and... German. German. And he, like, fingers crossed, I hope the Latin comes back, just in case. <laughs> I grew up in Senegal, so my native language is French, but I went to American school, so I also speak English. Uh, and German, and Greek, and Latin, just in case it ever comes back. Cool. I once got 12 out of 12 on a BuzzFeed quiz called Do You Know All the Slang Words the Kardashians Invented? Congratulations. Thank you. I'm gonna be honest, I did cheat. Kardashian slang buzz quid. Fizz, buzz, 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 buzz feed quiz. Buttery, flaky, crisp. <laughs> she did cheat, though. Like, I did she did cheat, cheat, to be honest. And she explains to Chidi that she had this near-death experience and after it tried to be a better person, but tended to fall out of it. And then his lecture inspired her to keep at it and to come find him to ask for guidance. And I like the interaction. Really, I like this whole time Eleanor is talking to him, the way Chidi's smiling at her jokes and like listening Mm -hmm. to what she's saying. Instant connection. It's really sweet. And then when he says, so you came all the way here to Australia just to talk to me. Well, hey, don't flatter yourself, pal. But yeah, actually, that is exactly what I did. I just got defensive. I think that's really funny. Mm Mm-hmm. It, the thought is zonkatronic, but Eleanor needs guidance and thinks that Chidi should be the one to help her. And Chidi instantly, decisively, not like the little muffin clip we saw a little mm-hmm. earlier, says yes. And Janet and Michael give each other a thumbs up, which was cute. Mm-hmm. So Chidi wants to give Eleanor some starter books and meet once a week. We've seen all this. It's cute that no matter the context, whether it's they're trapped together in the good place or they're on the planet together, they find each other and start a little philosophy class. Is really cute. It's cute. Eleanor asks Chidi why he's helping her, and he first just kind of says, well, you know, I'm a teacher. But Eleanor knows better than that. She's just yeah, some hot she's like, rando. but you're not my teacher. Why are you? <laughs> Chidi has more reason, but it's wholesome. It's not like a creepy hot mm-hmm. rando reason. He also had a near-death experience, which is a cute thing that is bringing these four together, the shared experience that they had while still alive. So when he mentions his near-death experience, we get a flashback of Michael saving him. Chidi with Uzu, if you remember all the way back to the season two premiere, him, what was it? that He was in charge of a fake bachelor party. Well, he was supposed to be his best man, and the Mm -hmm. the wedding was supposed to be that day. 
the and wedding he was, was that like, day. This yes. is a lie. This is fake. I was seeing if you could handle it. And, and then cannot. his friend fucking died. Yeah. But in this, Chidi gets saved by someone driving by and he gets really freaked out. It's like, oh, that would have flattened me. That would have killed me. Or I think it would have killed me. And instead of taking it as a sign that he should totally change his life, he just says he should stop using an AC because Freon is so bad. <laughs> but Uzo <laughs> speaks the truth and lets him know that his brain is broken. You need to think about yourself. You need to fix your, you brain. To fix your brain. And so he does. The first thing he does is he seeks out Simone in Australia. She's a neuroscientist and we meet Simone. Tell me a little bit. Why do you love Simone so much? I love Simone. I, I think that the casting is perfect. She's... Mm -hmm. The perfect, and not that she's the only person in the show that fits this description, but she balances Chidi out. She can make jokes about this, She, but she's also smart enough to match him intellectually. She is kind of a couple steps ahead of him constantly. Oh, yeah, she's like a well-rounded person. And it's great because yeah. she kind of almost feels kind of sorry for him mm -hmm. when she's like, well, I can tell something's wrong because you couldn't pick a chair to sit in and he's like on the that it's such a funny visual and then he sits down and then moves over to the other like, chair nope, nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's funny yeah and i i think that she's just so charming and a lot of the stuff that i love about eleanor and chidi's friendship i love about simone and chidi's friendship because Agreed. she whereas chidi is the one who's kind of the i'm helping you eleanor but eleanor is secretly helping him she's helping chidi because she's like well clearly you have some things going on and this is really fascinating and when she's sarcastically like you expect me you just barge in my office that's no so funny and ask me to help you i'll just give you an mri and look at the part of your brain that controls decision making oh i i want that I need to learn about my brain, please. Well, so you just march into my office unannounced, tell me your brain is broken, then demand I drop everything and just put you in the university's $3 million MRI machine. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I just... Freaking love it. You're so weird. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Really Simone great. is just instantly feels real and yeah. feels like someone that and i funny. would want to be around yeah she's funny in a way that doesn't feel like delivering the funniest dialogue mm -hmm. they could come up with she feels real you're right and funny i think yeah, really well written nice is that all these humans whether it's to keep them alive or someone like simone or someone like eleanor they need a push in the right direction and simone can be that for chidi to help get him out of his comfort zone a little bit mm -hmm. and to help make him happy again so Chidi comes to Simone for help and wants to know if she can look at his brain and see if there's anything wrong with his decision-making part of his brain. And the first bit we get from her is that, oh, well, yeah, well, it's just this quick incision. I cut you from <laughs> top of your skull all the way to your neck. We peel your face off. We <laughs> cut into your skull and just start jabbing all over the place. That's her first bit, like just meeting this guy. And mm -hmm. Chidi's mortified. She's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. We've got this great equipment and we can just look at that part of your brain real quick, super easy. And the bit that you mentioned is so funny about you just marching here unannounced. I love mm -hmm. it. So they go. It's really they do good. Go. And he does the MRI. And afterwards, while they're looking at the information, there's a light flirty banter between mm -hmm. the two of them. There's kind of a like look in close mm -hmm. proximity into each other's eyes. That's mm -hmm. cute. But they're talking about science and she helps Chidi see his brain as not this like abstract thing, mm -hmm. but as science, as a piece of you that we can look at and see why it works the way it does and then correct it and i think that helps chidi on a path of unlearning some bad habits to look at himself objectively like that instead of just being stuck in it and that's such an important thing 
Yeah, I like the moment where we got kind of the runner of, well, that's why everyone hates moral philosophy professors. And yes. she's like, yeah, we suck. And I think that was a cute that's reaction. That's always been a way showing... to Chidi's heart. Yeah, I love it. Really, really cute. So Chidi gets to work. He throws away his thesis. He easily chooses blueberry muffins. He writes and performs the lecture that goes on to be the mm-hmm. one that Eleanor will see later with Simone's help. We learn that Simone kind of helps him along that way. He meets with his friend Henry, who is amazed at Chidi's muffin ease. He only took a minute. That beat his previous time by 59 (laughs) minutes. And Chidi, we've all seen this. Like, I'm at the beginning of something like this with trying out the intermittent fasting thing. Mm -hmm. Enough to that you were like, I'm going to try that out. Yeah. It's the same situation. You have a friend that's doing a thing and they're buzzing and they feel good about it. And hopefully it doesn't go the same way that it does for Henry (laughs) as it does for you. But we share that with a friend, and it's kind of almost a anxious, way overly confident, oh, my God, this thing I'm doing, this thing I'm doing. So he, because of his overconfidence, gets Henry to finally commit to getting into better shape and immediately cut to Henry in the hospital. We heard about all of his injuries. <laughs> and Chidi's blaming himself for this. He thinks it's his fault, and I can see why he would put himself in that situation I he literally too. Told I think that that's believable that she'd be like oh shit this is because I told known him Henry's to like, this, like big oof of a dude not just because he's out of shape but just look at the guy mm-hmm. you know he has trouble he, he shouldn't go tomorrow and start working out like he's done it every day for the last five yeah. years or whatever what I forgot to mention there's a little moment before it cut to Henry in the hospital when Chidi's talking about his life now with Henry while he's buzzing and he says I'm really happy for the first time in oh Wow, I've never been happy. happy. And then he says, huh, bad. (laughs) I love that. Bad. (laughs) So I have to go back and mention that. In the hospital, while Chidi is out of that now, blaming himself for Henry getting hurt, and he's immediately, when he brings this muffin basket for Henry, convinced that blueberries are evil by the nurse, and now just everything's thrown out of whack, all the things he was confident about. I think one of my favorite shots The Good Place has done yet, there's this shot that's of Chidi's face and he's going, gah, and the way that the camera is moving (laughs) makes the set in the background look like it's moving. And it's this really cool vertigo shot that I just absolutely loved. It made me laugh really hard. It's really good. Dean Holland. It was kind of like a showy trick shot for a show like this. Mm. It was neat to see. Really funny. It's a shot by Dean Holland. (laughs) That's what they sing after he does a good shot. So that contextualizes where we met Chidi earlier this episode, where he's going to get a muffin. The muffin guy is surprised by Chidi being indecisive because he's been so decisive lately. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I think I want to cry right now. Mm -hmm. So he's totally relapsed. He goes to the library, grabs a million books, asks the librarian what the limit is. The librarian (laughs) turns around and it's Michael uh, with an Australian accent. (laughs) What do you think? No, it is Michael. No, it's bad. It's it's bad. And I wonder how, like, I want to know what came first. Was it the, the Ted Danson really could do? Or the Ted Danson couldn't do it. I don't know. And when we were watching the episode for the first time, me and Lil, that whole time I was like, that's bad. And that's I felt really like Ted bad. Danson probably worked really hard on it and tried to get it Because it starts really off good. like he's really trying and, and there it gets are certain worse. bits where it's just gone for two or three words. <laughs> and then they call it out in the Janet and Michael scene. I don't know if we'll ever find out because I'm sure Ted 
Danson would say, oh, I couldn't do it, so they added a joke. I'm mm. sure the writers and directors would say, Ted Danson can do anything. That was a joke yeah. that we wrote. I don't think we'll ever know, but my guess is that maybe Ted Danson, who is incredible at so many things, cannot do an Australian <laughs> accent. Doesn't have well. a good Australian so accent. So they made it into a funny joke. I've worked in this library a long time, and I've seen a lot of academic types. The same helpless look on their faces. They all made it through okay. Once they learned the secret. But unfortunately, it kind of undercuts this whole scene with Chidi a little bit. Do you it think does. it does? It's all I could think about was the accent. It's unfortunate. And it just kind of mimics Eleanor's scene. And the moral at the end of it is different. And the connection between Michael and Chidi isn't the same as the inherent connection between Michael and Eleanor. Yeah. But I do like when Chidi immediately, he's like mouth diarrhea info dumping all this stuff happened and it's my fault and blueberries i need help is what he says mm-hmm. and he's grabbing all these books he thinks the book will help do i need more books maybe Tazon day's autobiography <laughs> chocolate book chocolate book will help <laughs> that was a really silly family guy type joke that did make yeah, me laugh was. really hard and it was great and also because gave me even because of... when this came out mm-hmm. so far removed from chocolate rain chocolate but rain was early the years, right group like 2008 or 9 probably yeah. Great reference. Really funny reference. And the way that he says, chocolate book. <laughs> Michael tells Chidi that in, kind of in this like weird cult leader, religious guy mm-hmm. kind of way, that Chidi will be able to figure out everything he needs to figure out once he knows the secret. And it, this draws Chidi in. What's the secret? Is it books? Is it more books? No. Help people when you're strung out. When you're like too stuck on yourself, try to go outside of it by taking the call to help. It's a flimsy line. Like the one with Eleanor, when you think of Michael as a character, the one with Eleanor is really thought out. This one is very much more, I've got to get there and say something. I'm going to do an Australian accent. somebody comes to you, better help them, mate. Runs away. Trust me. Next time someone asks for help, say yes. And then a few hours later, of course, Eleanor comes in asking mm-hmm. for help. And Chidi doesn't know if helping her will help him, but it can't hurt. A funny little bit here when Eleanor says, thank you, sexy librarian guy. I never <laughs> said he was sexy. Oh, I just make people attractive when people tell me stories in my head to keep me invested. Otherwise, they'll get bored immediately. Was that in your episode? <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought that was And she says, you so don't you do can that. do it for free. You can do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> So Michael with Janet, he's bragging about his interaction with Chidi and his flawless accent to Janet. He says, uh-huh, flawless, thank you. Eleanor and Chidi are together. So again, they can relax. They can let a little bit of steam off because things are going to work out from here. But there's more at play because Sean isn't going away that easy. So Sean, he steps into a busy computer lab. We see a lot of people tippy-tap, tap. What did I say earlier about you? Remember, uh, tick, talk attacking. Talk no, that wasn't it. We'll go. That they're just talk attacking away at the computers, Can you and they're hear trying to attacking? hack. I don't think that was it. They're trying to hack to get into the judge's system. I asked you, "Can you hear my talk attacking?" What do you mean? I was click, click, clicking away, uh, oh. tapping on the. I don't keys think I can through Zoom, attacking. but I'm sure I will later. It's gonna be I'm obnoxious. Sure to edit out, so have fun. I'll probably leave it because now we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. It's been over a year since the humans have been on Earth, and he needs to know where this is going, what they're doing. When Glenn, a familiar face, we see a couple in this episode Mm -hmm. on the demon side. When Glenn asks why he cares so much, boom, Sean throws him into a cocoon. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know it. Bam, he's in a cocoon. And then Todd, the fire monster, what do they call him? Fire monster? 
Sure. The lava monster is lava what he monster, is. I think he's a lava right. monster. When he walks in and compliments Sean, he's also a cocooned. The assistant's like, why are you doing that? I'm a demon. It's fun. It's fun. Uh-huh. He He's keeping everyone there in this computer lab until the judge's system is broken so they can track the four humans. And they decide to fix up the vibe of the room with some deeply terrible music. Mm-hmm. And as we discussed, what was the song called? I already have forgotten. Right Here Waiting for You. By one by of the Marx Brothers with the mm-hmm. fake mustache glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know about the Marx Brothers? I do now. Groucho Marx, like old Hollywood funny no guys. No fucking way. No, it's not really his brother. I was making a oh. joke. But the Marx Brothers were like an act back in the day. You know what, Stephen? Yes, you're right. It's the Marx Brothers. You have that. You can live in that world. Yeah. Richard Marx, singer of that song, Brother to Groucho Marx. Does that make you happier to live in that world, Stephen? I do. They play that song and Sean goes, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> Chidi, as we've seen so many times before, is lecturing Eleanor, but in a new environment. And Eleanor's taking notes, we think, at first. But then she it's time for her to ask questions. And she's <laughs> like, this is what I got. I wrote, what? Huh? huh? And a doodle of a burrito, because I thought Aristotle was pronounced like Chipotle. And then she says, is it Chipotle? <laughs> I thought Chidi, that was funny. Great questions, but I got to go. I have to run. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor's going to walk with them. First, she wants to pay him back, and and she's trying to figure out how she can do that. But Chidi doesn't want edibles or drugs, which is how Eleanor is used to paying people back. So they walk together. There's this little bit, if you listen, where she's explaining to him a time that she met Russell Crowe. Yeah, and and she was already taking pictures, so she had to say, Hi, Mr. Crowe, I'm from the gas company. Loved you in Gladiator. (laughs) I'm glad you picked up more of that. I was like, I think Mm -hmm. they said Crowe. So Simone walks up while they're walking together and Chidi introduces the two. And it's really funny and sweet that these characters just get along and like each other. And they haven't, maybe it'll turn into it, but there's no love triangle. A worse show, as I've said many times before, and then someone will say, well, actually, the show does it later. A Mm. worse show would have made Eleanor and Simone not like each other from jump. From the start, yeah. And they get along. They're introduced to each other and it's sweet. So Simone wants Chidi's help with this experiment. She needs someone to do the MRI again, and Chidi liked it, so she thought about him, and she slyly says, and then I could take you out for dinner to pay you back. And Chidi's like, oh, no, 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 no way. Are you ever a Chidi in situations like that, or would you have taken the dinner? I think I would have agreed to eat dinner, but not to let the pay happen. Probably. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I would have picked up a little bit. I hopefully would have picked up. On our first date, we hadn't discussed that it was a date. We were just hanging out. Lil paid for their meal, like walked up so I couldn't, like that kind of thing. And it was like a, I'm my own person. I can pay for my meal type thing. But instantly for me, it was like, fuck, this isn't a date. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let me pay. But that wasn't the case. Poor date etiquette by Lil on that first date. I but know, here's the thing: I if I'm going out for even like a friend hangout with a friend like that, like if I'm taking a female friend, especially one that I'm you know into or somebody that I'm attracted to, I'm definitely gonna pay regardless. Is that why you bought my brunch in Chicago? Yes, I was trying to plow. So when Simone leaves, Eleanor's amazed that they have these Professor Dork vibes flowing, is what she says. Mm -hmm. And of course, Chidi's scared, scared to ask her out, scared to see if she's interested, and just asks Eleanor to promise to drop it. Eleanor promises she will, but it's one of the few jump cuts in this episode that work really Mm -hmm. well. Immediate cut to, so you're into Chidi, right? 
Simone. <laughs> and Simone is, you know, a better, well-rounded person. So she's able to say yes, but I feel like I've put out all the feelers and Chidi has turned them all down and shown me mm-hmm. he's not interested. And this is while we then learn Chidi's in the MRI machine. Is it one of those things? Is MRI machine like saying ATM machine? Is that like the wrong way to say it? Simone says it in this episode once. Does the the MRI, the M in MRI does not stand for machine. I believe it stands for magnetic. So you can say MRI machine. Yeah. Okay. Because an MRI is a test. An MRI machine conducts that test. For whatever reason, it doesn't fall out of my mouth the way I Mm. like things to. You ever had an MRI? No, I don't think so. I have. How was it? Was it anxiety? It was on my shoulder. Give you any anxiety? I was chill. They asked me what I wanted, what kind of music I wanted to play, and I told them they put it's on like a, a Pandora dead silent. Station. I could hear a pin drop. Dead silent, please. Yeah, yeah. I want to just be alone with my thoughts and the humming of the machine. I didn't get anxious, but if you like are claustrophobic, you might get a little bit nervous. I think I'd be fine. Yeah, I got to put on the the hospital socks. Nice. Nice. I've had I've been able to do that. No MRI, mm-hmm. but I have done hospital socks, grippy socks. Yeah, those are great. Good Big times. fan. So Chidi's in the machine and Simone starts asking him the basic questions, but then Eleanor does her thing and steps right in after he's asked a question between colors. What color are Simone's eyes? And immediately he knows. I did not have the thought that of course her eyes are brown because <laughs> she is black. So yeah. it was kind of an easy question. It's not really the cute I've been paying attention mm-hmm. to Simone thing that it kind of played to me as. Yeah, but it's I. But Eleanor thought it would was think funny. it was being Eleanor the white person asking the question. She yeah. probably wouldn't have thought of that. Well, a white person would never look in a black person's eyes to know that we all have, for the most part, brown eyes. There's some outliers, but I don't see the world through that lens. You're when I blind? look at you, you're as gray as day. <laughs> Thanks. You're as gray as the sky is gray. <laughs> the natural light does kind of wash out my tone a little bit over here. Oh no, that's the screen light. And it gets less vague from Eleanor going from, well, Eleanor starts asking Chidi date-related questions, and then Simone gets involved too and is like, and remember, we can't see your brain. And it goes to Simone, are you annoyed at Chidi for not asking you out? Well, yes, I am. Chidi, are you annoyed at yourself for not asking Simone out? Well, Well, obviously, (laughs) I'm annoyed with you, Eleanor says. And then they playfully say that they won't let him out until he takes a swing. And all of this is very cute because it Mm -hmm. is, you know, it does have the angle of a friend forcing a friend to do something. And I won't let you do this until you do it. But it's so clear with a character like Chidi that he has feelings or is developing feelings for Simone and wants to, but needs to be taken out of his shell to be able to do it. And it's really nice. So he does. He asks her out to dinner and Simone says, oh, my God, that's so inappropriate. <laughs> that's it, so funny it's just a joke like, oh my god i'm so sorry Chidi. and she does she says yes they're going to go i love the date. shots of william jackson harper's face like in the mri machine where his eyes like he can't really see anything but he's just like looking up and he doesn't have his glasses on mm-hmm. so his, i don't know I, I think it's a really fun shot to show just how like uncomfortable physically Cheaty is and now mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversationally as well and it's really great I'm fairly certain that next week in part two, we're going to get to see this date. I think that's in part two mm-hmm. of this episode. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to more of Simone. Yes. Unfortunately, I know the show well enough to remember how much she does or does not become a part of the rest of the show. But I I forget what happens with her. I'm looking forward to what the season does with her and to revisiting Simone it. Simone becomes a fairly large part of the show going She's forward. not in season four, though, is she? I don't think She's she is. She's at the very least. Well, Okay. This doesn't have to be put if it's too spoilery. Let's Simone's hold off a part of, of it. Let's hold yeah. off of it. 
Depends Let's on whether something happens at the end of this season or the beginning of the next season, but I think it happens at the beginning of next season. I don't remember. And that's what I'm that's the point, is that I don't remember and I'm mm-hmm. falling in love with this character for the first time again, and I'm yeah. excited to see what they do with her. We're towards the end of part one. Michael thinks that the Simone Chidi connection is disastrous, that it's trouble. But Janet, who can speak from experience of unexpected romantic entanglements in a mm-hmm. plan thinks that it's going to be fine and that that romantic relationship will not keep Eleanor and Chidi from helping each other. Well, and I even will. think she says Simone is good for Chidi. Yes. And so many times Eleanor and Chidi weren't soulmates and they still helped each other. Mm-hmm. Janet's super reasonable, but I understand why Michael, where he is now, he's like, oh, well, I don't know. I think I should go back and kill Simone or murder Simone yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Michael thinks he's left too much of a chance and needs to go to help now his excuses to get the four back together. Mm -hmm. How am I going to get the others back to Australia? And this is when Janet starts trying out something weird. She says, you're pressing your luck. If you keep disobeying mommy, meaning the judge, Janet has some mommy-daddy issues here. What do you think of it? Yeah, this didn't really work for me a ton. I thought it was kind of funny. It would have been funnier if she said, I just realized that I don't have parents. I mm-hmm. want parents. What if I, you know what I mean? If that was the crux of it yeah. and not just mommy, daddy out of nowhere. Yeah. Agree. Not a huge fan of this one. Normally Darcy Carden saying daddy would be it for me, but did not work this time. <sighs> Michael doesn't know how he's going to get Jason and Tahani to Australia, but he's convinced and he's kind of high on this earth travel buzz. You know what traveling's like. It makes you mm-hmm. want to do it all the time. And he yeah. wants to go back to Earth and make it happen. He's obsessed with being on Earth and the human world of it all. I want to just very, very briefly talk about on the DVD, mm-hmm. after that scene, Janet says, oh, good luck, daddy. I mean, not daddy. No, that's weird. Bye. Good luck. And Michael runs off. There is the fremulon, but not mm. the spoken fremulon, just the over a black screen. Making me and Lil look at each other and being like, that was the end of part one. Mm-hmm. Then there's a cold open, which is the scene we're about to talk about, followed by the full green theme song sequence, The Good Place, chapter 28, Everything is Bonzer, part two. Mm-hmm. On Steven's end of things, on it's mine. totally different. So on mine, after the Janet and Michael scene, I don't get a full black screen. It cuts immediately to Sean, mm-hmm. that scene there that is the cold open of the next one. And there's like music playing, but it's music they usually use the end of episodes, like when they're like, "Oh, here's what the bad guys are bup, up bup, to." Bup, and then bup, they... bup. Yeah, it's yeah. like a build up to the end of a scene mm-hmm. music. And, I agree and with then you on there's that. no green both. screen at all, no theme music, and the next shot after a full black screen, yeah. is the shot of the university, and it says chapter twenty eight on the Netflix version. Right, without the green screen, it just says over the shot chapter twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And when I first looked at a, a legal website online to look at the mm-hmm. episode and try to figure out what the halfway point is, it was that version, which is what I told yeah. you at first. Now that's all to say, I know you guys are waiting with bated breath. For our official decision of, was that Janet bidding Michael goodbye, Mm -hmm. the end of the episode as far as this recap is considered? Sure isn't. We're going to do a little bit more. Because, (laughs) one, I make a lot of the decisions. I name all of the things. Steven said this was the ending, so this is the ending. And even though I think... The DVD makes it pretty clear where the DVD one makes it pretty clear, starts yeah. and one ends. I do think that this is a better scene that ramps it up to an mm-hmm. end of an episode moment. So let's talk about it. Sean is hunching over the only one of his computer cronies and demons left. This guy named Steve, played by Harvey, I don't know how to say his last name, Gillian, who is... Um, Vince Gillian. What's the character name? 
He no, not Gilligan. Gilly. It's like it's a Hispanic. Oh, Gillian name. Jacobs. G U I L E N or something like that. Guillen. I'm not sure how to spell it. He is. Guillermo on what we do in the shadows and he's also been it's incredible you love that show. I love that show and he's having a moment and getting a lot of other parts in movies and stuff Harvey Guillen so this is an early appearance from him before this all happened it was really cool to see him pop up in the scene he's typing in this weird foreign language on like an old 90s computer and he says he's getting close and Sean says, okay, no pressure. Notice that everyone else in the room isn't (laughs) except for the Steve character we learn here in this moment, you know, as Steve is getting closer, a door just opened. This, mm-hmm. all of the, if you want to poke holes in, if any of this makes any sense, you can. But it's such a silly world and everything is Bonzer this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to not think too much about it. But Michael's door opening gave them like a little hole in everything to get into the judges system and start following the progress of the humans. Yeah. So in a way... Michael's selfishness here is the downfall of his thing. Yeah. If he had just done it the one time, Sean would not be able to meddle in the way that I know he does in the mm-hmm. next few episodes. That's interesting. And I it's think that the argument for this being part of the first part is it would be really weird for him to just show Sean and the demons once in the middle of the first part and then not show them again until the very cold open of the second one. Yeah. It's just weird. Because yeah. you don't have the context. So it doesn't I, work I, as well. I feel like season two, episode one, mm-hmm. the part one of it was very was clear. Great. Even though it was like part one of a two-part story, it was very clear where the cutoff is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we talked enough about that. The door open allowed them to to hack into it and track the progress of the humans. <laughs> and there's this moment where Sean says, excellent work, Steve. And Steve gives a sigh of relief and then cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> the assistant comes in and says, uh-oh, looks like someone is cocooning again. It'd be a real help if you could let me know next time when <laughs> cocooned, blam, 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 cocooned. Sean leans in to read the computer himself and reads their progress enough to find out that it looks like Michael has had his hand in the human jar and mm-hmm. through one of the cocoons, Glenn says, good one, boss. Shut up, Glenn. And that is the end of the episode. And that does feel more like an end of episode yeah. moment. That's where we're calling it. The end of season three, episode one. I like this episode. I think I like this episode more than somewhere else, even as I've grown mm-hmm. to like that episode more. It does feel very much like a disconnected two-part thing. But I don't yeah. think that makes it any less of an episode stuffed with great things from beginning to end. It's a lot of fun. You get a little yeah. bit of all the characters in an episode that's still so far removed from our status quo. I think it's successful. What do you think? I think the snap in Somewhere Else is a great moment. And at the time was very unexpected. So unexpected that it was impossible to even know if you liked it or not. Yeah. Until this season began. Until this season. And mm-hmm. I think this episode... I enjoy the cheaty stuff I get in this more than I enjoy the Eleanor stuff we get in last week's episode. It's good. Really good episode. I agree. And this week we get, they introduce a whole new character that I really like. We get Eleanor and Cheaty together, which is what we want to see their friendship grow. And you and I are both fans of Eleanor and Cheaty together, but we like them as friends more. Well, like with all shows we've done, I've started to fall for those two as a pairing this time going through the show. But we're not so attached to ships that we can't get semi-invested in what the other characters are doing when they get paired up together. I think that's why we're going to be good people to cover that 70s show because we can Mm -hmm. actually take it seriously when they try to put the characters with other people. It makes it more fun to just go with it. Yeah. 
So I, I think this episode's really well show. written. I think that it's structured really well. I think that the jokes in it all land for the most part for me, other than the weird daddy mommy thing. I don't um, think it struck me as bad as it did for you. It's not like a moment ruiner. It's not a hilarious. It was whatever. Yeah. But uh, overall, I like it. I think you're on the money with Chidi. I don't know if story-wise importance to everything to being the main character of the story that it mm-hmm. beats out Eleanor's stuff but it's so funny and when Chidi's kind of been in the background quite a bit lately when they have an episode to show how well they have developed this character and yeah. how his anxieties that could be a caricature are so entangled with what, what we know to be true of this guy it makes it all so so funny and kind of sad and i really like it i think not only is this a great chidi episode i think it has some of my favorite chidi moments so far and in that the wild, yell certainly. when he's in the hospital is so good yeah i really really like it let's transition from that i wanted to talk about chidi because he's not going to show up on my good place bad place mm-hmm. even though he does I do some it. really good stuff this week well. let's talk about good place bad place First time for this season, we're refreshing the board. We're going to see who will make it into the good and bad place this season. If you skipped our roundtable last week, if you don't listen to the bonus episodes, I think that was an essential good place discussion on this podcast, Mm -hmm. getting into the highs and lows of season two last week. Go check it out. Let's start it out for season three. Steven, bad place. Who is it? So I have two honorable mentions. You alluded to this earlier when we were talking. And they're ones that if... I weren't taking this job seriously. I would have actually picked one of these two. Earlier you told us you weren't, I think. I don't remember. The first, recap. First you nominee. The recap. I forget. It was so long ago. Kay Ramirez. Because all cops are bad. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, right? Even pretty girl cops still Even cops. pretty girl cops. Even cops that are good cops. Even the cops. pretty girl cops that get gang-banged by the entire police department and made a mockery of online, they still suck. Still bad cop. I kind of um, hope she's okay. Eleanor she gets an honorable mention for me this week for saying "jif" instead of "gif." That's one thing I will never forgive, and I'm when not someone who corrects that? people. When Chidi's like, "There'll be these books," and she's like, "Can they hopefully one of them uh-huh. be made into a movie or a gif?" Yeah. Um, wow. I'm not someone. I like. I'm okay letting people be wrong in life. I feel like that's a thing that helps me keep friendships because people are that's dumb the only and say reason wrong this stuff all works the time at all yeah so i let people be wrong unless they say jiff i must correct them on that because it's just so incorrect and based on totally just poor reasoning skills refuse to accept it the first steven, the g means graphic not giraffic it can't be jiff steven i always say gif so mm-hmm. i am on your side but i don't get that angry at the other side of it just because I think it's become very much more of a tomato-tomato thing. No. That, like, tomato's not the right way to say something. But if you're going to say it, if you like to be a special person and say either instead of either or neither instead of neither, I do that. I say either and either. I just, let, like, let people have it. It doesn't boil my blood. You're such a chill person. Why does this boil your That's blood? That's my thing. Everyone's got thing. a thing. But Mine who really goes to the bad place? Michael, he goes, even though he's doing helpful things, him going to the bad place leads to Sean figuring stuff out. I originally was thinking Cheaty because his indecisiveness was really bad for a little yeah. while, but I well, think he also Chidi, helps so yeah. help, helpfully. So Cheaty balances out for strides. me. Cheaty's pretty medium um, in his behavior. So Michael goes to the bad place this week for me. My bad place is also Michael. And I think what the show is doing so smartly, season two 
most of it, you're like, Eleanor has come so far. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, you're like, wow, because of the events, Eleanor has so much farther to go. Now, this episode does the exact same thing with Michael. Mm -hmm. At the end of season two, he's just a good-doer lifeguard reading the ticker tape and and trusting in the people that he's chosen for this. We learn in this episode, in a way that I think is really clever, that that's not what was going on. He's selfish. He's going to Earth because it's fun. Sure, he can come up with a reason to go, but he's actively hurting their their theory in very deep ways by yeah. inviting Sean in, by potentially cluing the judge in, time and time again, just because he and likes he riding on a bus. And if he gets caught for what he's doing, they're sent to the bad place. Yeah. Because if, if the judge was like, hey, I know you've been doing this, So season bad. two makes you think, Michael, at the end of the season, what a full character arc. Nope, there's two more seasons. Michael's got a long way to go to, and that's enough to send him to the bad place this week. I'll 100%. open up the good place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll agree on this. I feel like we kind of will. I'm going to give it to Simone because she is the best parts of what Chidi and Eleanor are trying to do while also having no real chance of causing any direct pain or trauma to anyone. She's just living her life, doing it well, being kind to people, making connections, doing good scientific work. Um, everyone else in this episode has a ways to go. Chidi seems... <laughs> Chidi, whoa, was that racist? Simone yeah. seems like she's got Curry. it really figured out. Yeah, I agree 100%. Simone's my good place this week. Love Simone, love her in this episode. And I'm really excited that she's going to be a part of the the cast. Well, Stephen, that's our discussion on Everything is Bonds or Part 1. I think we've proven that it's essential that we broke this up into two podcasts. Yeah, 100%. Because this would have been three hours of Zankatronics, Zonkatronics, and that just could not be. But I have had an entire three hours worth of fun discussing this episode with you, hanging out with you, doing silly, goofy bits, and talking to the people out there listening to us and watching us. Did you have fun? Are you going to come I back next week? What do you think? a blast, Zachary. Next week, we're going to be back, of course, to talk about episode two of season three or episode one, part two of season three, if you're nasty. Everything is Bonzer, part two. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see where this all leads up because it's always the ends of these first double-length episodes that really set up the journey we're going on for the season. And I'm excited to see that at the end of next week's episode. But until then, help us out, guys. If you like what we're doing here, support us on Patreon starting at $5 a month. You can hit it and dip it if you want. You can come for a month. You can come for a year. And you can get all of our content. We do You Can't Disappreciate show live every week. That used to be a lot more of a... I don't know. It's become a lot more of a talk show over yeah, the last couple of months. And we've had a lot more to say and discuss over there. And there's 112 episodes of it that you can Ooh. access on the Patreon as a podcast. Including get... our Not Ones special. Mm-hmm. That's definitely worth a watch. And also over there, The Basement, our That 70s Show Rewatch mm-hmm. podcast, is wrapping up the end of Season 1, Part 1 on that 70s show over there which has been a lot of fun if you like this show that's that show about another great sitcom i think you'd really enjoy it also you can get early access to this podcast by a week every week and all of 40 episodes of brokeback bebop which just began its second season streaming for free linktree.com slash brokeback bebop go listen to the first season and catch up for season two brokeback bebop going on right now steven after all that where else can the people find us? Don't forget about X. Oh, fuck. 
Can't um, say Twitter anymore. It's not cool. Yeah, I gotta say. I finally it right. got the switch where it doesn't say retweet anymore. It says repost. Nice. Um, well, if, if you nice. wanna repost our Bonzer Zonkatronics, uh, then why don't you uh, zip on over? And take a chocolate look at our accounts mm-hmm. on X and Instagram. I don't know. Um, over at Time Knife Pod, you can find us there. You can also see the video companion to this podcast on YouTube. Cool especially Simpsons worth it today. I have a Godzilla eating ramen shirt. You got to see me switch out my figures so I could bring the frog out instead I love of a lady. To talk about my Simpson shirt, the old school animation. I remember this moment in the episode, but just like the blank nothingness of homer's face as he's about to get hit by a professional boxer is really funny i love it big fan that's the podcast this week yeah i've had a lot of fun oh you haven't finished your thing have you who gives a shit youtube x yeah he's on youtube find us on all the social medias that are bound to become alt right dumpster trash fires at any moment maybe we'll join some more soon if we do you'll hear about it but youtube is a good place to talk to us directly about each episode i love seeing the comments yeah we love seeing the comments it makes me really happy to pull up the youtube video and see the the comments on there so keep uh commenting away just absolutely obliterate that subscribe button hit the bell to get notified steven get us out of here from inside the time knife black lives matter i'm zach (laughs) i'm steven and for some reason i thought that that it was from inside the time knife i'm zach black, black lives, lives matter, matter. <laughs> i'm well because when the white man makes himself present you have to back that up with something of an equal extent Gotta to balance tear yeah. the white people down yeah remember don't use freon or eat blueberries have a lovely week everyone thank you for hanging out with us we'll see you next time Toodaloo.